This is the Cosmosphere Podcast, episode 22. This episode's a little bit shorter than normal. We're going to catch up with Carla about news at the Cosmosphere, and we're also going to hear from Nathan Meyer, the Vice President of Education and Strategy at the Cosmosphere, for some exciting Apollo 13 traveling exhibit options that are going to be available for museums, public spaces, and more over the coming months and years. Without any further delay, let's chat with Nathan. All right, today I've got Nathan on. Uh, he's first-time guest on the Cosmosphere podcast, and he's going to be talking to us about some uh, interesting new initiatives that are going to be going on um, at the Cosmosphere's SpaceWorks division. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I, uh, I'm glad to, to finally be able to, to, to be that first-time guy, but <laughs> look forward to future conversations. Definitely. Well, it's uh, kind of perfect timing for this because we've got the Apollo 13 anniversary coming up here soon. Um, Tell us about the new exciting thing that's going to be happening uh, for museums around the country, potentially depending on where it goes, um, related to Apollo 13. Sure. So obviously we have uh, the command module Odyssey in our museum, so we we have some um, some inherent obligations to help spread the spread the knowledge of Apollo 13. So uh, that has spun off into a to a much bigger initiative that we just launched this year. Uh, so our SpaceWorks division has has been known for many many years as uh, restoration um, experts, replication experts, um, doing a lot of the restoration work for the Apollo 13 capsule in the beginning. So we've we've taken that that history, um, that experience, and, and then the, I guess the opportunity right now to to create what we're we're now calling our SpaceWorks Exhibit and Artifact Rental Division of the Cosmosphere. So. We're going to take our experience over the past and, and, and we're going to take our collection of about 12,000 artifacts that most people never get to see and, and turn that into something um, that we can start spreading around in museums. The, the first piece being Apollo 13 with the anniversary coming up. Um, some examples of what this new division is going to do is we're, we're going to take our, our experience and we've created a, a new exhibit, um, about a thousand square foot exhibit that museums and libraries and public spaces could, could rent and, and bring the, this exhibit to, to life in their area. It'll, it'll include images that are hard to find anywhere else. It'll include artifacts that, that are from our collection. And um, one thing we're excited about is it's also going to include the, the world's highest resolution image of the, the capsule since it's in our museum, which we turned into a, an eight foot by eight foot um, element. So it's a photo opportunity um, at, a, at a detail level that you really can't see unless you're standing a few feet from the, the actual capsule. So that's, that's, our, first, that's our first exhibit um, and a good example of what, what we're going to start doing with this division. And having seen the, uh, the uh, element in person and the level of detail that is on there, I'm excited for other people to see it because you do really have to be here at the Cosmosphere to appreciate that amount of detail. So it'll be nice to uh, have a public photo opportunity throughout the country here. Um, you know, more future oriented um, now, 
the Apollo 13 exhibit, um, that's something that institutions can start reserving now pretty much? It is, yeah. So we're <clears throat> we're – we're hurrying um, to to put everything in production as quickly as we can, uh, but we're ready to start booking, and we're, we've been uh, already in touch with with a lot of different air and space museums throughout the country. Um, there's there's not a lot of those type of museums that aren't going to do something to celebrate the anniversary, so we want to make sure that we're supporting all of those different initiatives. So that's something that they could they could reach out to now, and and we have different options for them. So after, you know, this, this exhibit is called the uh, Apollo 13, A Mission of Survival. After that, there's going to be some more opportunities for people. Um, the Cosmosphere has, and we've talked about this before um, on previous episodes, just the sheer number of artifacts that are in storage that people can't always see. Um, talk about the upcoming exhibits, if you can, uh, that are going to incorporate other artifacts um, for people to enjoy around the country. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned, Apollo 13, we have the capsule. Um, we have a large event coming up. You know, it's, it's it was just part of our obligation to help spread some of this knowledge. But but as you said, we, we have about 12,000 um, artifacts. It's the largest combined um, U.S. and Russian artifact collection um, in, in the world. So, but almost nobody ever sees a majority of it. Um, we, we have it, but it's in storage and it's it's very well taken care of. But we decided, um, similar to Apollo 13, that we need to be able to start sharing all of this information um, from an educational standpoint, from a historical perspective, and really just as a good steward of, of, of owning the collection, uh, that we need to do a better job of letting other people uh, experience it. So... Apollo 13 is the first big event. Um, it's it's the first major anniversary that coming out of the, the gate this year. So that's the start of the process. But but our goal is to is to have uh, many exhibits. Um, I think we have about a, a ten or twelve exhibit um, topics right now that that are already in production. Um, Topics like living in space, where we we help people understand what what it, it's like to to sleep and exercise and eat, uh, even go to the bathroom. So we have artifacts that that will help explain that. Um, we'll have banners and interpretive material that will help explain that. We'll put together a, a collection that that can go into other other areas. So living in space uh, is one. We have a Hubble anniversary coming up um, where we're going to use some of our uh, the art of the, the Hubble telescope and some of our cameras that are in our collection and put together an exhibit to help explain the importance of what the Hubble telescope did. We also have a, a little more generic version of, of photography. We're, we're calling uh, space photography, where some of in our collection, some of the some of the most iconic pictures that that you'll see coming out of space um, were taken from cameras that are in our collection. So we want to help just explain um, how space photography works, the importance of it, some of the technology behind it. Uh, we also are, are talking about doing a mission control um, exhibit, a very a larger exhibit where they can experience um, what it was like to be in mission control during some of the iconic historic moments: the Apollo 13 moon landing, the the Apollo excuse me, the Apollo 11 moon landing, Apollo 13 um, flight, and, and the the survival that had to happen there. Um, so there's there's a, a big exhibit uh, around there. We've talked, and, and thanks to your idea, I brought back up the idea of a pop culture um, and the importance of, of uh, pop culture or on space, and some somewhat vice versa, space on pop culture. So um, that's another exhibit that, that we can pull artifacts out of our collection and, and, and put together. So um, there's there's really 
I, I can't say unlimited, but there's 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 more ideas and artifacts in our collection right now than than right now that we have have time to work with. So we're we're ramping up the process and, and really have built a business um, a business department around this idea. Well, and just for the photography aspect, it's going to be cool to see that traveling exhibit. Um, the amount of training the astronauts went into, you know, they had to learn how to do surface operations on the moon, but also they had to learn how to take a photograph. It's not like an iPhone, you know, you can't take out your iPhone, just point and shoot and press the shutter button. They had to go through and make sure those exposures were correct, that they were using the right lens, the right film. There was a lot of work that went into that. So it'll be cool to see that exhibit as well. Yeah. And I, I have two kids and, and a generation that doesn't understand anything that wasn't digital, but <laughs> but you said that most some our most iconic um, images that that documented the early space flight, but all the way through you know the shuttle era, um, comes from very manual cameras, and they they weren't so we could have cool um, cool photos to share. It was it was really an important part of documenting the history, and something like Apollo thirteen, um, they were used for tools. You know the the first evidence of seeing what what was happening. Um, was was coming from the camera that they needed to be able to share images from so yeah it's it, it's more than the point and click era but uh, that uh, you know the skill that it took to do that uh, and the pretty primitive but high tech you know I guess depending on which way you look at it camera equipment they had at the time um, 50 60 years ago makes uh, makes for some pretty pretty interesting um, history yeah the Hasselblads that just the image quality that you can get from a medium format camera is just, even in this day and age, it's really good. Right. Um, you know, that's something just for the history too, is the fact that the space program and, you know, going to the moon took place right at the start of mass media. It was just kind of a fortuitous convergence almost. The fact that we were able to document these journeys and that the Cosmosphere has the tools that were used to document some of these journeys is just, I really can't underscore how cool that col the camera collection is downstairs. Um, every time I come here, I go down there specifically to right. look at it. Um, and a coworker, I was taking pictures and I sent a bunch of the pictures of the cameras to him. Um, and he was just totally blown away by that collection because he does do some professional photography. Right. Um, so yeah, being able to share that with a wider audience is gonna be awesome. Yeah, it, it it really fueled the space race. There was very strategic behind it, you know. Um, to 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 at, at the time where, like you said, the mass media, but the time to be able to share those uh, at a time where uh, where where the space hype was actually in full swing mm -hmm. was important. Uh, it not unlike what it is today. Yeah. Um, and 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 as you and I just talked about, you know, people are able to take pictures of some of the space program, but it, it could happen from your phone or a, yep. or a, a, a camera that most people could could probably buy and afford. Um, you know, so it works a little differently. And and I always think of the the amount of effort it took to be an astronaut um, today is of course impressive. But back then, you you were learning not just the the techniques of of flying um, and, and surviving, but you also had to learn how to run a camera. You also had to learn foreign languages. You also had to learn all of these other skills. Um, and and it, it's, a, it's a pretty impressive feat. And our, our collection and, 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 and part of this effort is to really help tell those stories, uh, photography being one that we've talked about, but, but being able to help people really understand um, what that space program was like, the importance of it. Um, that's, that's really our whole goal is to just to try to 
to put some um, educational and, and impressive um, and, and, and help help take advantage of this this mass media um, explosion that we're going through right now. Well, definitely, we're just we're I think we're at the tip of the iceberg almost for social media is pretty big now, but give it another five, 10 years and it's going to be even bigger. So it'll be exciting to, to see how people share the stories of these artifacts and the stories of the astronauts and the flight controllers when they see these exhibits around the country and hopefully around the world. Right. So, yeah. it And that was part of it. It we're, it's a it's a pretty big convergence of, of a lot of of, of um, cool things right now. Space is cool again. Um, technology is supporting it. Um, you know the, the government is is funding and fueling. Private sector is pushing everything. Um, it, it's a it's a really neat time, and and that was part of our strategy of we need to take advantage of this. I mean it's a it's a time like really no other in our Cosmosphere's history um, that we can get on this, and if we if we do it right, we can we can spread a lot of information um, and and get a lot of this um, unknown history that we have um, out there. So it's uh, it, we're definitely excited. Well, that's something important for students. It's, you know, learning about science, math, engineering, all that stuff. The STEM fields is important, but the STEAM fields are equally as important. Um, having an engineer, you know, knowing the math and the, all the principles behind that is great, but also having an appreciation and an understanding of where we've come from um, is really enhanced by exhibits like this. Um, it's one thing to read it, you know, read about something in a book or see it on a computer screen if you're looking online, but it's another entirely to see a physical representation or a physical artifact. You know, just it really brings it home, and I think it's more impactful for students that way. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing, and, and we we say it a bunch, and, and and you hear it, you know, that the Apollo program it, it took four hundred thousand people to get uh, the, the 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 seven groups of astronauts. Um, uh, on the moon, so we're really looking at, at. It's not just about space; it's all the different aspects of it. So, um, you know, pop culture and the the photography and and all of the different things that we can put together. We're we're looking to spark those those interests from from a variety of different areas. So, um, yeah, we're we're looking at it to 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 try to to. When, when we have a collection like this and, and we can go down on a museum and see some of the you know some of the the world's rarest space artifacts. Um, it, it, it can get a little um, you can take take that for granted um, when, when when you walk in and you see the SR 71 blackbird in the lobby every day eventually I assume it can can not be as cool um, it hasn't hit me yet but <laughs> but what we want to be able to do is you know is spark that person um, you know something that is, is sitting on our shelf that nobody gets to see maybe the the catalyst to to the next great explorer or the, the next great um, you know engineer or scientist or you know it, it, somebody that's supporting or helping to to change the world really i couldn't agree more nathan thanks for coming on the podcast and we'll have you on again in the future once we know more about all the uh upcoming exhibits yeah absolutely and if if, if anyone out there has has questions or ideas or wants to share um we're definitely in a, in a growth mode and and uh we'd love to hear feedback and and this is these are fun conversation i'd love to talk anytime Thanks to Nathan for coming on the podcast. If you'd like to know more about these traveling exhibits, you can contact the Cosmosphere's CEO, Jim Remar. His phone number is 620-200-1407. You can also reach him at jimr at cosmo.org. All of the links and contact information will be in the show notes. 
Next up, we hear from Carla about some news and events at the Cosmosphere. Unfortunately, the gala for the Apollo 13 50th anniversary is sold out. So there is no more availability for tickets for that weekend. But we'd still love to see you at the Cosmosphere that weekend during normal museum hours. All right, so I've got Carla back on. It's the uh, first episode of the new year. Carla, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Happy, 2020. I know. Happy belated New Year. It's only the 29th. <laughs> um, so you've got some news for us. Um, there's lots of exciting stuff coming up between now and April. There are. So give us kind of the rundowns, and then we're going to talk about some new um, exciting things that the Cosmosphere has for other museums as well. Perfect. Yes. So I would, I'll highlight a, a couple of events that we have before the biggest event in April. So we do have our coffee at the Cosmos starting up again here in 2020. This is every third Thursday. You can tune in to hear a presentation about space, science, history, education, a variety of topics. A lot of times they're focused on anniversaries that we're um, getting ready to celebrate or a highlight of a new exhibit piece or, or something of the like. Um, the next one will be on February 20th. It will be Shannon Wetzel, who's our curator, and she's going to be talking about spacesuit design Sweet. Um, and about the spacesuits in our collection. And then we have asked, though it hasn't been solidly confirmed, so maybe I'm misspeaking here, but Ryan Nagata, who is a replicator of space hardware, more in line with spacesuits and smaller items, but he's produced items for even films like First Man in the last year. So he would kind of come on and tell us about his experiences as a replicator and cool. how he got into the business, which, spoiler alert, it was the Cosmosphere Sweet. Yeah, he was inspired Gosh. watching the Apollo 13 film, okay. uh, in which the Spaceworks division of the Cosmosphere produced something like 90% of the props in that film. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be cool. And speaking of Coffee at the Cosmo as well, we've got a better setup for audio recording going forward. We're still kind of experimenting with a couple different things, um, but over the past couple years, it has been really tricky pulling audio from the Facebook Live feeds, which is not the highest quality source of audio. So we've been working on fixing that. Um, and as you'll hear later in this episode, I think we finally figured something out that will work and that's easy to set up. That's kind of the big thing. we got to... <laughs> make it easy on everybody involved for that. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing Shannon's talk. I am too. And so, yes, absolutely. Join us in person, 9 to 10 on the third Thursday. Typically, it's in our banquet room. If you can't be here in person, obviously, you can watch it on our Facebook live feed. And then again, watch for it to come out in the podcast as an episode. Exactly. Um, and fingers crossed for Ryan, too. Absolutely. Thank you. We should hopefully know soon. Cool. <laughs> um, and then next up, um, what else do we have going off on after February? So the next big event that I'd like to highlight really is the April event of April 4th. 
the Apollo 13 celebrations will actually offer two presentations featuring a pretty phenomenal lineup. Um, we'll have the astronauts from the mission. So that's Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes. We will have Gene Kranz in the audience, as well as other major members of Mission Control, Jerry Griffin, Jerry Bostick. We'll have John Aaron and a number of the flight controllers from the Apollo era, but specifically the Apollo 13 mission um, present with us. At 1.30 on the 4th over at the Fox Theater here in Hutch, we're offering a very affordably priced panel presentation with all of those guests. You can see all the information that I'm talking about right now on our website under news and events. It's the very first tab, 50th anniversary of the th Apollo 13. And then later that evening, we're offering an opportunity to meet and greet those honored guests, receive a photo with those honored guests, and then have dinner while you listen to some of the behind the scenes stories of the mission. So the afternoon event will focus more on the facts, the history of the mission, um, and obviously the, the problem that was encountered sure. and how they overcame that. And then the evening gala, the higher ticketed um, dinner event will focus kind of more on the personal stories of those folks. Okay. That sounds cool. And I, I will be linking to all of these uh, dates and all this information in the show notes. Thanks for having me. That's it for this month. Next episode, we'll have Randall D. Rayer, the CEO of Rayer's Bearden Stained Glass Supply. He's done some incredible work designing, fabricating, and restoring over 400 churches and hundreds of residential and commercial installations in the Midwest. Some of his work includes commissions for museums, celebrities, an astronaut, the Smithsonian, and even the White House. We're really looking forward to sharing this episode with you, so be sure to check it out. Thank you for listening to the Cosmosphere podcast. Make sure you share and subscribe to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review on iTunes. They're crucial to the success of podcasts, so we'd appreciate it if you could take just a minute to leave a rating or review. They help more people find out about the podcast and the museum. For the Cosmosphere, I'm John Mullix.